0: Good afternoon
1: and welcome. We begin with a Fight Back exclusive about the high dose flu vaccine which is recommended for people over the age of 65. Until now it has only been available in doctors offices and there was a great deal of concern around this given that because of COVID-19 most physicians have been Operating their clinics mostly virtually. So, we have just learned that pharmacists will now be able to administer the high dose vaccine in addition to the regular one they are already allowed to give in drugstores. So uh, we'd like to hear from you if you have questions, but we are going to drill down on exactly how this is going to work and what and when will be available. The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 866 4740. 740. And now let's go to Alan Malik, who is the Executive Vice President and Chief Pharmacy Officer at the Ontario Pharmacists Association, and Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Hello and welcome to you both.
2: Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Libby.
1: Okay, let's start with you, Alan. So this is uh, exciting news. Uh, you've probably been working on this for a long
2: time. <laughs> uh, Libby, I've been working on this for probably the better part of three years, uh, this is uh, very good news, not not simply uh, for pharmacists, but more importantly for uh, seniors right across the province.
1: Okay, so uh, how is it going to work? First of all, when when should we expect that the high dose will get to pharmacies?
2: We're still working on the details of uh, all the logistics, the operational matters with public health and with um, with the ministry uh but what we are being told is that in early October flu vaccines should start to arrive in pharmacies this is normal this is uh usually the the typical time when pharmacies will receive their allocation of flu vaccines and now historically that's been the regular uh we are being told that uh the high dose flu vaccine will accompany the regular vaccines at the same time and as with every flu season The intent is for individuals who are at high risk to get that vaccination first. Um, And so uh, we anticipate that seniors will be uh, looking to their pharmacists as well as to their their doctors when doctors' offices are are opening or if they are open now. They'll be looking to get those vaccinations as Uh, soon as possible.
3: Dr. Gorfinkel, what's the situation in your office? I'm concerned about the barriers that family doctors' offices present to getting vaccines now that we're in the COVID-19 era. It's changed tremendously around here. Just in order to get an in-person appointment, they you know, patients have to do these scripts. Have you been out of the country? Do you have any signs or symptoms? And we go through every single one of them. So that represents a barrier. And then when they do come in, we, we of course, do careful social distancing. But I want you to contrast that for just a minute to how it used to be. I used to have an open-door policy so as not to have such barriers. And now there are serious barriers. So I, I'm absolutely thrilled that the pharmacist can give the high-dose influenza vaccine. I think it's a hugely progressive move, and I'm excited about it, but wonder, will we have enough to go around for everyone?
2: That's a good question. Uh,
1: um, back to um, Dr. Gorfinkel, it sounds like you would like to be able to offer it, but I am assuming that given really the, the barriers for an in-person appointment, uh, you, I, I would imagine that most doctors who are now operating mostly virtually, they don't really want people coming in just to get a flu shot.
3: Am well I right? <laughs> well, I can't really speak for most doctors, but there are a number of doctors who are working only virtually. Because it's not easy, we have to do serious cleaning between patients. We have to ensure the rooms are clean. Um, so, yeah, there, it, it does represent a serious barrier. But understand, I think the main message for seniors is that high dose or not, the high dose is what's recommended by the National Advisory on Canadian Immunizations for individuals who are over the age of sixty-five they don't actually differentiate in times of a pandemic. And especially if it's very, you know, it's not widely available, we would want to target those seniors who are not only over 65, but those with chronic conditions. And in fact, that's what Toronto public health is planning on doing initially. Doctors' offices are not going to have them in in early October. We're not going to get them at at best until mid-October or even late October, depending on how soon we can get our orders in. But the take-home message is the government is using those high-dose vaccines to prioritize those individuals who are living in long-term care and who are at highest risk, and also those who are in hospital.
1: Yeah, but that, the, those people are not going to get vaccinated in a pharmacy or a doctor's office. They will get vaccinated in their residence, right? That's correct. In their,
3: in their facilities, wherever they happen to be in those institutions.
1: Yeah. So I, I was going to ask, how are they going to figure out if, if it's being offsh- offered in a pharmacy, Alan, how are you going to determine that somebody uh, is, uh, qualifies to get it you know, pretty early?
2: Well, this is, uh, this has been a long-standing question that I've asked the Ministry of Health and Public Health. Uh, when the program was, uh, introduced, uh, several years ago, the only criteria really was for an individual to be over the age of 65. With the messaging, however, going to practitioners, uh, and, and up until this point, it's been to physicians' offices and nurse practitioners and to public health units that uh, preference would be for those who are uh, deemed to be at higher risk, certainly being over sixty five, uh, that's been that is a risk factor, but it, there are people that are managing very, very well with their health care, uh, are in very good shape, um, you know from a health condition perspective and aren't at, at any uh, extreme risk. There are others, however, that are battling many different health conditions, taking many different medications. Uh, and uh, are very much uh, at a, at a risk, and yet there's been no um, no criteria beyond the age of 65 being over over 65 uh, to guide uh, to guide clinicians. And so this is this is something that we've tried to be uh, tried to address with the ministry. When you've got, I don't have the the total number at my fingertips in terms of number of seniors across the province. Um, I think, is it 6 million? For argument's sake, it's it's about 4 million, uh, and you've only got 1.31 million doses coming into uh, the province, take off an amount for long-term care, take off an amount for um, those who are in hospital or in other uh, types of settings, Um, you're left with probably about a million doses to allocate right across the entire senior population. Now, we know historically, and Iris, you, you'll uh, know this only too well, we don't get 100% of seniors coming in for, for their flu vaccines. As much as we might like that, it's just not going to be happening. The question is, what is COVID-19, what is that going to do to drive immunization rates? In the sense, that it's almost a bit of a blessing in disguise, it's good that it's going to drive immunization, but the question, uh, are we going to have enough? And how is that finite supply going to uh, satisfy the entire senior or a, a greater proportion of seniors who want to get vaccinated?
1: Uh, I just want to bring in uh, a a poll that we saw. It was done by Mm PharmaSave, and it shows that, uh, as you said, a blessing in disguise that more people in the general population – intend to get vaccinated this year, and that that's 86% of respondents, which is pretty good, up from 78% who said that they were immunized last year. And I think there's been a lot of public messaging about the danger partly because it will be very hard to differentiate between the symptoms of COVID and the symptoms of the flu. Uh, So, you know, I'm I'm thinking that that will put further pressure on the supply. Iris?
3: There's no question. I think the take-home message, though, to seniors is, yes, the um, high-dose flu vaccination is a little better. I don't want to exaggerate this. It is not way, way better it is certainly not worth extra time to wait in order to get that product. Because what we know is that we have to vaccinate, and this number is really god We have to vaccinate 200 people extra to prevent one additional case of influenza after the high-dose vaccine. That's what the high-dose vaccine gives us. So we vaccinate 200 people and we save one case. If we're were to save one hospitalization, we have to vaccinate 4,000 people. And that's pretty rigorous data. So the take-home message is you're better off to just get the flu shot. It doesn't really matter that much if it's high-dose or not. In a perfect world, yeah, high-dose would be great, but that's not even covered in other provinces, most the, provinces are
1: not covering it, but actually. But the, the, um, the data that I've seen uh, says that it, it protects you uh, just about 25% more.
3: Yeah, it That's is right. a 25% difference. But it's more important to have that protection on board, be, you know, rather than wait. So say someone has to wait even two weeks or three weeks or four weeks to get that high-dose vaccine. For whatever reason, it's not worth the wait. That's what I'm saying. And that's exactly what all health agencies are saying,
0: Correct.
3: that if you have a choice and, you, and it's not available, it's better just to get at the first opportunity the, the regular dose flu shot, even if you're over 65 with chronic conditions, because it's better to have that protection. It's going to take at least two weeks for the body to, amount, to mount its immune response to that vaccine. So it's not like people get the vaccine and then instantly they have protection. They don't. It's going to take a couple of weeks, at least.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Pina in Etobicoke. Hi, Pina. Hi, Libby. How are you? Fine, thanks. How are you? Thank you for taking my call, Libby. My question is, two years in a
2: row, I was turned away at a pharmacy uh, to take the flu shot because they said I needed a prescription from my doctor, and I found that a bit strange. Is this what we have to do to get both the shots? A prescription?
1: No, no, no. Wait, okay. Um, I'm going to start the answer before I th- throw it to our guests. So the high dose until now was only available at from your doctor in your doctor's office. Uh, that's changed. It's now going to be available in a pharmacy. So you wouldn't need a prescription. Alan, am I saying it right?
2: Technically, yes. It, and, and Tina, thank you for the question. Um, I'm at a bit of a loss on that, simply because the flu shot, regardless whether it was the regular uh, vaccination uh, or it was, it was a high dose, it doesn't require uh, a prescription product. It's it's simply if you are an Ontario resident uh, and you meet the eligibility criteria, you're and and you're not. It, there's there's no contraindication. There's no reason why, from a health perspective, you can't get it or you shouldn't get it, there's no barrier. So that, that might be, uh, you might be one of those rare one-off scenarios where the pharmacist didn't understand the protocol, but generally speaking, we've never, we've never heard that. Um, so no, you would not need a prescription for the high dose or for regular vaccine.
3: And I yep. totally echo that sentiment. I do not write prescriptions for flu shots. They're just given. And by the way, I wanted to add something. Libby, congratulations. I think a lot of this is owed to Zoomer for the tremendous efforts they've made in this area. You know, I know Zoomer Radio has long been pushing the high-dose flu shots to be given in pharmacies, and I'm very excited by it. I think it's just a tremendous step forward and, and great progress. Well, uh, thank you
1: f- for the kudos. And again, Pina, thanks for your call. I think the, the confusion was that those high dose were not available in the pharmacies until this season. And uh, Pina, the doctors are saying get your flu shot. Thanks for your call. Thank you. Okay. Uh, Daryl in Toronto. Hi, Daryl. Hi, how are you doing? Fine. How are you?
2: I'm Okay. Uh, my question was: are, are you advising to get the regular flu shot as soon as possible, and then is it possible to get the high dose later on? But can you not do both, or what?
3: No one one shot per customer. That's pretty much how it works. So <laughs> yes, you don't get it. to. But the advantage of getting potentially the regular dose when it's available is that you'll have immunity sooner, and that's not a small a small thing. So, the flu season is going to you know it peaks right at the beginning of January, so frankly, the sooner we get that on board, the better and What's concerning now is that we've got the covid nineteen lurking in the background, so if somebody gets an influenza to cause pre existing lung disease, which we know worsens COVID outcomes. It increases hospitalizations, and it increases the likelihood of dying from COVID-19. So the idea is get the flu shot on board. If you can get the high dose and you're over 65, fine, great, but that's not a reason to put it off. First opportunity, get it, so that that way you have that protection on board earlier rather than later.
1: Okay. Daryl, thanks for your call. Uh, I have a question for Alan now. So why are you anticipating delays getting the high dose? If you're saying that is it's slated to be coming along with the regular ones, and is that because it's supposed to go to high risk people first? And you haven't had any direction on how to stream that?
2: Yeah, the the logistics of that, Libby, are are still unclear. But I don't. I wouldn't say that there's going to be a delay. Uh, It's just uh, this is normal protocol for public health when they release their allocations of vaccine, whether it's to pharmacies, whether it's to uh, family physicians, whether it's to nurse practitioners. The intent was uh, and always uh, will be that high risk individuals should be prioritized um, and that uh, someone who's not who may not declare themselves as being high risk uh, would be. Um, you know, perhaps best, um, you know, advised to wait until the formal launch of the program. We don't have a formal date yet. The government always uh, waits until the last minute because uh, they have to have all their, all their, uh, check boxes ticked off. But I don't, and there, there won't be a delay. Uh, it just might be uh, those who are perhaps deemed at more high risk um and and pharmacists will be asking those questions just as you know physicians have uh, in their offices they will ask the questions and they'll determine and they have you know looking at their at their patient profiles they'll know um, you know who's perhaps at more risk than say someone else
1: and uh so again, I still have a couple of questions uh so um it's up to the pharmacist to decide. Who's at high risk or the doctor, and to uh, will they need a will you need an appointment?
2: That's a great question. Um, it, there's no requirement for pharmacies, uh, or, you know, to uh, set up appointment based uh, types of approaches for flu shots. That said, many are starting to contemplate that, and it's solely for purposes of managing. Uh, the number of people that are coming in. Look, pharmacists are um, no different from every one of us in a sense that we all want to maintain social distance. We don't want to have crowds of people lining up at the pharmacy counter, you know, within uh, you know a two-meter distance of each other. You know, we want to maintain that social distancing. We want to maintain safety of pharmacy staff, other patients in the pharmacy. Uh, and so appointment modeling is now being contemplated. That's not to say that you cannot walk in uh, to your community pharmacy if it's not busy and ask for that without an appointment. Most pharmacies will accommodate that. Uh, but I guess just simply because of social distancing. I, I
1: I know of some pharmacies that had an appointment system already last year just to manage it. Um, yes. Marilyn and Lindsay. Hi, Marilyn hello
3: you're on the air go ahead how are you today
1: fine thanks you
3: um i'm good i am a senior but last year i opted to get the regular dose of uh flu vaccine and the nurse had told me that this regular dose was covering four strains of the virus uh, and the high dose covered three strains
1: i think you have it backwards no, she's got it right. Oh, she, oh, she does. Okay, I have it back. No, that's Sorry. what I was
2: told. And so even my classmates, all my friends, uh, they've nursed too and we all opted
3: unless unless there was a a real problem with your with your health,
2: but none of us do. It's just the age thing. So
3: Yeah, and and it worked quite well. Well, that's the thing. In any given year, if we're lucky, the influenza vaccine has about a 50% efficacy rate. Right. And sometimes it's it's actually lower than that. But but you're absolutely right. The regular dose does, in fact, cover four strains. The high dose covers the three strains. Now, that being said, it's the top three strains. So it's not like it's 25% more protection because it's an extra strain. It doesn't work like that. Right. You know, so what the high dose does represent, though, is it gives four times the antigen the juice, if you will, behind the vaccine. And right. as we get older, with every passing decade past 60, our our immune system is a little less robust. And mm-hmm. that's why the high dose, especially to the very high-risk individuals, and I'm talking those over the age of 75, you know, if you take a look at the deaths from COVID-19, they've largely landed in the group that's over the age of 80. So that is a group that must be prioritized for the high dose because they're the, the, it, it's like a double whammy. Not yeah. only are they at the highest risk of COVID-19, but their immune system is least capable of responding in a normal way to the lower dose. Right. So it's yeah. that, that combination of things. Mm-hmm. Okay, Marilyn, thanks for Thank your
1: call. Thank you very call. much. Okay, and uh, I apologize for my misspeaking at the top there. Let's go to Joel in Mississauga. Hey, Joel. Hi. Go Uh, ahead.
2: Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. The last two years, I wanted to get the high dose. I'm a senior, and I'm at higher risk with lots of medications. Two years ago, after uh, um, waiting the end of October, and that's nothing with my doctor's office as to when the high dose is coming in, I just went and got the uh, regular vaccine last year. I didn't wait; I got the regular vaccine right away, and I and I was in and out checking of my doctor's office. And a- end of November, they still had no idea when the high dose was coming in. So my I, my question is: Is the high dose ever going to come in early enough to help uh, seniors and people who need it?
1: Um, well, before they answer that i have a question about the variability of it and i i don't quite i mean public health is the gatekeeper but it does seem that some offices get it a lot
3: faster than others mm-hmm. wow. well that depends on when the doctor orders it you know so there's there's a couple of things right so what we expect to have happen in the next one or two weeks Public Health is going to be sending us a notification saying, well, are you giving the flu shot in your doctor's office or not? So we're going to have to answer that question. And if the answer is yes, we're planning on giving it, then how many doses do we want of each kind? And this is something that, I, that gets my dander up, actually, because it's a subjective guess of each doctor. And it should not be that way. It should be based on utilization in the past year. That aside, the doctor writes the subjective number down on the piece of paper and then faxes it back to Toronto faxes. Public Health.
1: <laughs> oh, that, that slays me. Anyway, go or, ahead. Sorry. Okay,
3: maybe it's email. I, I don't know. Whatever <laughs> yeah. the communication yeah. is, it's kind of, but it's a slow process. So Toronto Public Health is getting all these emails back in or faxes or whatever it is, and they have to look at them all and then process them all. You see, so the whole thing is time-consuming. And by the time we get whatever we order, so there's all kinds of potential places where that could be slowed down. Did the doctor see the email? Did they respond to the email? What was the delay? What's the delay at Toronto Public Health Fund? And sometimes that spells big delays. So like in my own office, I've learned like a game. I hate to call it a game, but it's kind of like that. We answer the day we get it. (laughs)
2: Like we put it in immediately. If I can, if I can echo what what uh, Iris has just said, pharmacies are being asked. In fact, uh, we we've passed on information to our members in the pharmacies exactly the same messaging that Iris just just uh, spoke of. That it is, uh, you have to project, you have to estimate. Really, it's it's about it's it's kind of like like shooting in a in a black box and hoping you're going to hit your target. It's it's uh, it's not. There's no real uh, science in the sense behind determining what your order amounts need to be. This is going to be even more complicated when we anticipate uh, what what we are thinking is at least a 15% surge in immunization um, requests or, or, or immunization rates. Based on what we've seen coming out of the Southern Hemisphere from Australia, that's already gone through their flu season or in the midst of their flu season. We're looking at lessons learned. They, too, are going through the pandemic, and we're looking at what has been the response of the general public to uh, requesting a flu vaccination during a a time of 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 a pandemic, and so... The nothing is nothing is static. Everything is moving at the same time.
1: Let me ask so you: making
2: these projections is exceptionally difficult. Let
1: Let me ask you this: so, it, does each pharmacy send their request to public health, or is it going to you and you send a big one?
2: We 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 communicate both ways uh, to make sure that we. So we will communicate with our members, but our, the ministry and public health will also communicate uh, to the pharmacies that have registered for the program. And so we're talking about initial allocation, uh, yeah. but it's, it's a limited supply. Um, and so you have to be able to predict what is your utilization going to be? What is the demand going to be over the next two or three months? Uh, certainly at the beginning of our flu season, what do we anticipate the volume to be in terms of number of people wanting the high dose. And it's a bit of a guessing game.
1: Okay, but and how many uh, pharmacies, do you know how many have registered to be involved to offer this?
2: Yes, we are looking at a record number of pharmacies. Because of the uh, the anticipated increased demand, we've seen a record number of pharmacies registered. There are 4,500 pharmacies in the province of Ontario, plus or minus, and there are just about just shy of 3,300 pharmacies wow. that will participate. And some of those pharmacies, you have to understand, are not uh, not in a general community setting. They might be in a hospital. They might be co-located with a physician's office, so they may not choose to offer uh, the, the flu, flu
1: service. Okay, 3,300 pharmacies are going to offer it, and I guess uh, that's good news and bad news, because on the one hand, uh, that's a lot of places, that's a lot of options. So uh, what I would tell our caller is that if if the place he's been dealing with is slow to get it, maybe go somewhere else. But on the other hand, uh, the the authorities are going to have to get that flu out to all those extra places, and that might be an opportunity for delay, right?
2: And I, yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons... why appointments might be the way to go Uh, and for listeners on this call um, it might be something that you know you may want to contact your community pharmacy to uh, basically you know put in a request whether it's for the high dose or whether it's for regular just put in your request to make sure that you can get uh, a time slot and a vaccination.
1: Okay. uh, We're out of time, but obviously there's a lot more interest in this. So here, I am going to take one more call. John in Hamilton. Hello, John.
2: Yes. Hi. Uh, My question is, since we have a flu shot, a flu shot is needed every year, how many months does this uh, regular flu shot stay effective?
1: Okay. Uh, John, uh, go ahead. Uh, Quick answers from
3: Iris and Alan. The, The answer is this. It changes from year to year. So a flu shot is only good for one year. Understanding what types of influenza should go into the flu vaccination is something the World Health Organization undertakes on an annual basis. And what they basically do is look at other countries to see what are the big contenders, what are the major types of flu. Because unfortunately, and we're worried this is going to happen with the COVID-19 as well, the virus can undergo shifts and changes, and therefore the vaccine changes. So last year's vaccine, it probably is not going to help you for this year's strains.
1: Okay, John, I hope uh, it's, it's one season. Thanks for your call. Uh, we're out of time. I'm going to give each of our guests uh, 20 seconds. What would you like to leave us with, Iris?
3: It, 20 seconds. Go. Go. Get the flu shot early. Get it at the first opportunity. And don't be too hung up on whether or not it's high dose. If you can get the high dose, and you're especially if you're over eighty with chronic conditions, and I'm going to say eighty because that's when you know that's where the deaths from COVID nineteen are taking place. That's probably the best I can do in twenty seconds. Okay,
1: Alan.
2: Uh, just to, uh, I'll save time. I will echo exactly what Iris has said. Get your flu shot. Call in advance if you, if that helps matters. Uh, speak with your pharmacist about. Uh, about this to get more, uh, more answers to your questions. But, uh, regardless, get vaccinated. Quick shout out to my friends at PharmaSave for undertaking that survey. Uh, great, great data coming out of that.
1: Okay, well, thank you both, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel and Alan Malik from the Ontario Pharmacists Association and people this is always a big topic every year. We will be revisiting it. We're on top of things. Again, uh, the breaking news is that this year, pharmacy and pharmacists will be able to give the high-dose flu shot in addition to the regular one. We're going to stay totally on top of that. Thank you, everybody.